What's up, everybody? Welcome to another Stand and Fight podcast. I'm your host, the Tattooed Life Coach, Rob Eastman, coming at you from Farmington, Utah, USA. I've got a guest back, Smith Alley. He's a youngster that was actually in a school that I worked at for a while. We met and uh, since has kind of blown up in the self-help and, and uh, recovery world. So I wanted to bring him back on. He has an episode with me earlier that you can hear his story, but we're going to talk about what he's up to now. Smith, what is happening, my man? Dude, it's good. It's busy. It's really good. I, you know, I, I was actually thinking about this on the way over here, like how crazy life is now. Um, like every day I just get to do exactly what I want to do. And, you know, not only do I get to get paid for it, but it like I love it and it's my passion and I get get to do amazing things every day and like it's my it's my work and so it's it's awesome things are crazy that's awesome isn't it cool to see that all those things that we lived in fear like what if people knew become your life and it makes it ten thousand times better yeah it's like i i would have paid so much money before to to keep those secrets from people (laughs) and now people are willing to pay me to come talk about them so you're like tell us how bad you are (laughs) yeah makes me feel better yeah pretty cool so um one You've kind of fallen into that entrepreneurial role pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. So tell tell everybody your age and and where you're at with the business and, and what's going on. Yeah, so I, I just turned to 18 um, last week. Uh, I'm a senior in high school at Bountiful High. Um, and Ladies, give him at least till the end of his season before you come <laughs> after him. I can't go to these schools with this kid. We went. I'm going to share a little story. We went to a junior high, and I brought him with me. And uh, after, it was like, uh, can we get a picture? Can we get a picture? Can we get a picture? It was like 45 minutes of Smith getting his picture taken. <laughs> I don't know why they didn't want their, their, their picture with the tattooed bearded oh, yeah, guy. But geez. <laughs> yeah, that can be feel bad. It was, yeah, that was a, that was a crazy day. So um, 18 high school company. Yeah. So nonprofit. I, I've got, I started my company when I was 16. Um, I've been doing that for about a year and a half. Uh, at first I was doing in-home consultations with families, helping them set up their tech safely. Um, so they have screen time limits and just healthy boundaries. Um, try and block against early exposures to pornography. Um, trying to block all of that. And then um, just this this last year, I started a nonprofit, the Live Life Bigger Foundation. Um, for about the last year, I've been speaking uh, speaking often and frequently to big groups, schools, uh, churches, conferences. Um, I spoke at the Utah Coalition Against Pornography both last fall and this spring, and I'll be back there um, this fall in St. George. Um, that's in November. I'm speaking. Um, Utah AG Sean Reyes asked me to come speak for, in front of his teen council. Uh, I think they're called Teen Titans. So nice. doing a lot of that stuff. Um, I love the entrepreneur life. Like not only do I love that I get to use it with something that I'm passionate about and helping people, which I love, but I just love um, in general the the entrepreneur life, running a business, um, being able to make decisions um, you know, not working for the man. I, I love being able to do that. And it's been so awesome. That's cool. Huh? There's so many rewards in the grind. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of fear in people when they think about doing that. They'd, a lot of people just rather have the nine to five, but those of us that are, have that entrepreneurial spirit, man, 
So many rewards. Oh, yeah. I love the networking, meeting new people. It's a bond, too. It's kind of like it's kind of like being in the Army, honestly. Like, it's a brotherhood that you get. Um, through through this, I've met some other kids in my high school that are entrepreneurs as well, that are, you know, running their own businesses. I know a kid who's selling shoes, and he's doing like 100K, over 100K in revenue every year, wow. just, just selling shoes. And um, it's, it's just like a bond. Like, you understand each other, and you get each other, and you, you understand the hustle, and you understand the grind. You like you know what it's like to stay home on a Friday night and work up until you know eleven thirty at night. You understand all of those things, and it's yeah. it, it's super nice like being able to have that understanding with someone else. Yeah, it's very very beneficial too when you find something that you're good at. Yeah, and and the passion, and you know people try their entire life to find something like that, but they're just not willing to go to that vulnerable point. Yeah. To really find out what that passion is. Mm-hmm. And it's so it's so malleable. Like right now I'm doing I'm now with my company, I'm doing these video workshops and you know, I, I just showed you my new camera I bought. <laughs> I went to the to the video store and I know almost nothing about camera equipment, anything like that. So the guy had to help me out a lot there. But now I'm like taking master classes and taking all of these workshops so that I can be the best that I can be when it comes to video production so that I can like create good film and good content. And so like, it's so malleable in if you, if you're willing to do it, if you're willing to, to, to work super hard and you're willing to do everything that it takes to do that, like you can do it. But it's just like, again, like that entrepreneurial spirit you have to have, you have to be willing to grind. You have to be willing to hustle, um, you know, make sacrifices. And in that there are so many rewards. Yeah. So I started, I think I was about 18, 19 when I started my first company and my dad was like, man, you're a terrible employee. You better find a way to make your own money. (laughs) So I always felt like I was smarter than every boss. I wanted to do things my way. And the only outlet was going out and, and weathering that storm. Yeah. Love it though. Such a cool experience. Talk a little bit about that, uh, the porn addiction, what you're seeing as you're going out and speaking. I know what I see, but I think people have blinders on to how common the issue is. Yeah, there's a big problem in the in the digital safety arena. We call it NM, NMK syndrome, not my kid syndrome, where parents are like, oh, I'm sure, you know, yeah, porn's a big problem. All the, stati- all the statistics say it's a big problem, but not my kid's problem. And that's the big thing. Um, and I'm seeing, I think I'm seeing people be more vulnerable about it. It's either that or that I'm just growing and I have more reach, uh, which could be an option as well. But um, yeah, the, there's a big market for it and there's a big audience that needs help. Um, you know, I'm speaking a lot on pornography. Uh, you know, I when I go and speak to groups, I can speak on anything from social media to depression to self-worth to... Um, j- just like inspirational, motivational, go live life bigger, go do what you want to do, go start the business, you know, everything like that. I can speak on pornography and people really want that pornography, that speech. They want their kids to hear about it. Um, I think it's something that in a certain age range, like kids start dealing with it more. Um, the results and the results and the outputs from 
the years before being a preteen watching pornography, those start to show, those results start to show like 15 to 18. And so that age range, um, that's when like parents start to talk to me and parents start to reach out and need help. But it's amazing. Like, uh, like I said, I'm speaking at this coalition against pornography, um, in November and they're expecting 2000 plus people in person with a live stream and their live stream usually has 10,000 people on it. Uh, yeah. I was going to say how many people are in the seats and how many people should be in the seats. Yeah. It's like 200,000. So Utah, especially where there's so many rules on religion and what we should and shouldn't do. I think it almost pushes people to hide more, to not yeah. come, come, forward more to feel more shame and the not my kid and it ends up being the dad too mm-hmm. and and a lot of girls talk about talk about some of the damages and I don't think people understand image uh tolerance right things need to get crazier it's the same as as drugs right what one bowl of weed used to do now you got to smoke 10 and eventually it doesn't do anything so the severity of pornography or what you're watching obviously has to go up right yeah like, so, so just a quick story. First of all, just touching on the Utah thing. Um, I had a cousin that was living here uh, with his mom. His dad lives in Wyoming, and he's now with his dad. Uh, it's a much better place for him. Um, not as much pressure. He didn't want to be a part of the church here, which is great. I supported him. But he would tell me about how, like, kids at school would tell him to kill himself because he wasn't a part of the church and because he didn't go to the, the religion class seminary. And um, the craziest thing about that to me is, like, you're going to tell my cousin to kill himself because he's, he's not a part of the church, but then at home you're watching pornography. And I know you are because you're a 15 year old kid whose parents handed them a, a smartphone out of nowhere. Um, and so I think that's a big thing. And then the other thing just with like severity, porn is a drug. There's been research and statistics that show that it's a drug. Um, in fact, it can be up to three times as addictive as other drugs just because it doesn't only hit the chemicals in your brain, but it's a it's a physical and an emotional connection yeah. that you get to that because your heart and um, love tries to get wrapped into it. And so you crave more hardcore pornography. Um, I remember like towards the beginning of my pornography consumption, it was super soft porn stuff, uh, you know, just pictures of girls wearing very little clothing. But then as time went on, it was more hardcore stuff, uh, videos, getting into the stuff that you find on Pornhub and X videos. And, um, you know, that's just when I was 13. And so very quickly you can go down uh, a very deep hole. Yeah. And then the, the, the realistic, what you see and what's real in the real world are completely different things. And I think it damages that idea of what a relationship and I'm not real big on man or woman, man, man, what you can be, whatever you want. I don't, I don't care, Mm -hmm. but it, that physical connection or emotional connection gets so damaged as to what a partner's role in that is and connection and all those things that it, it, that I think that's another reason why our divorce rate is so high. Well, there's, um, I mean, from the beginning of time, the only thing that a human has ever wanted is to be loved and accepted. And oftentimes because we're the biggest critic of ourselves that can't come from ourselves. And so all we want is someone else to love and accept us. And there's a quote by a guy named Gabe Deem. And he says, there's no amount of porn that will ever be able to love you back. So when you're trying to find emotional stability, when you're trying to find love and connection from pornography, it's just not going to work. 
and we can see that you know as you go to pornography and you know masturbation whatever it is as you go to these things that can't love you back you find more fault in the things that that will love you your family and your friends yeah less acceptance and so what are some of the tools that you find that work well with the young kids these days that to to show them that the other side of that the the upside the not looking the abstinence is better what kind of tools are you guys using yeah i think i think one of the coolest thing is just being able to be an example um i've been able to talk to a lot of especially uh young men who are struggling with pornography and just be able to be there like as it's it's just like what you do you know you are an example that lives can be changed and that roles can be reversed and battles can be won and i like to be that too and just being able to look in the face of a kid and be like hey you are worth way more than this you can be loved and just by the way you can be whoever you want to be if you want to go out and do something amazing go out and do it um don't let pornography stop you don't let that addiction stop you um so that's been amazing the other thing is uh just habit building turning someone who before had no habits or very little good habits and building on that, making them in tune with their emotions, um, building habits that make them recognize their emotions and make them do things just daily that make you a better person, more hardworking, more persevering. Um, these traits that we all want to have when you can build habits that build those traits that's amazing and then not only can you be rid of an addiction but you can turn yourself into a contributing member of society which is what i've tried to do you know i could have i could have overcome my pornography addiction and just stopped there but it was more important to me and through the habits that i started i was able to decide that i wanted more than that and i wanted to be able to help people and contribute yeah i love that see i I talk about that quite a bit is is People are like, isn't recovery boring? It's like every person on the planet should be in recovery. Yeah. All recovery means for all you listeners is that on a daily basis, you're more mindful of your actions. You have a different relationship with pain. You understand things way farther down the road than before they're kicking your butt. Mm-hmm. And that you don't act out on the instant gratification of everything. Mm-hmm. And that goes into once you get in recovery, you're constantly trying to challenge yourself to become a better person not a better liar. Yeah. Surrounding yourself with those ballers or those guys and girls who are achieving and out trying to better themselves. How much easier is it when you surround yourself with people that are grinding in the positive way? So much easier. And that's, that's another thing that I've noticed. And I've, I've talked to you about personally, uh, you know, when we get together and catch up on what's going on, like I've realized more than ever that my closest friends and the people that I want to surround myself with, are not the kids that I go to high school with. You know, I have I have my buddies at school. I have my best friends there. But the people that I really um, most of the time want to surround myself with are people like you, uh, people like my friend Clay Olson who, who founded a nonprofit, Fight the New Drug, people like that who just push you to be better. And like we said at the beginning, that's a brotherhood of people who just understand, people who um, get the grind. And like you were talking about with recovery, um, that like – delayed gratification all of those things that you learn in recovery that will teach you to be a better employee a better businessman a better student a better husband or wife 
um, a better human to yourself. And you can't learn those places anywhere else except for recovery from something. Fortunately, we all get to, we all get the opportunity to go through recovery because we're all going through something, right? Yeah. And I think on that, when you act out, when you act on your impulses, the reward is so small and so temporary it's not even worth it. And that yeah. just creates that constant grind for the wrong thing. It's like what I used to feel like my good when I was high or using or looking at porn or whatever was literally the best high, like 15 minutes. Right. If that sexually four seconds, <laughs> it's like <laughs> now when I do something good, when you achieve something, it's like, I can last a month. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you can ride that pink, that pink cloud all freaking week, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, super beneficial. Speaking of, I would love to meet some of your other mentors and, and guys in your field and, and who are out doing work. I think one important thing in our world is that we unite. We can mm-hmm. all have our own castle, but that we all working together. And uh, the more people we meet, the better it is. Totally. I think, uh, I did a podcast with my buddy, Matt, um, who I want to come in. I want to make sure that he's on this podcast. Uh, he's such a cool guy. He is, um, a a Christian life coach. And, uh, we did a podcast the other day and he was talking about how important like father figures are and motherly figures and even just mentors in general. Uh, he felt like he didn't really have that growing up, but then as he surrounded himself with people who were like father figures to him, um, like it enabled him to do so much more. And I've definitely seen that in my life. Like surround yourself with people who are better than you and learn from them, take their good traits and like apply them into your lives because that will give you strength and that will, that will enable you to do more. It's awesome. So one question, and I know it's gotta be higher than most people think is, the female side, the young girls watching porn. Yeah. Um, I've seen, I've seen statistics, um, from young women from, I think it was 13 to 17. Uh, the statistic was like 45 to 60%. Um, I've seen a statistic that was done in Rexburg, Idaho for students attending BYUI. So the ages there is like 18 to 24. Um, the statistic I saw there, I believe was 76%. Uh, it's definitely higher than people think it's not as high as the, the male, uh, percentage, but it's so much more taboo. It's so much more taboo for women to watch porn. Um, and so I think they struggle a lot more in the silent because I mean, being a man, like you and I, we just assume that every man that you meet watches porn, right? We're all cavemen. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And, And then being a woman, like you don't really you meet you meet a woman and you don't expect that but it's it's happening more than you think yeah i think on their own but in general you've got say these young men that are watching it they're probably pretty open about it in a relationship and want to watch with the girl or whatever and you see it in in the way that girls are dressing these days yeah you see it in when wap is the number one song mm-hmm. in the country like they're making that hoish world seem glamorous Mm -hmm. and almost like they have to live up to that. And that's sad. And that, yeah, that's, 
that's something I talk about a lot with social media, especially is like these TikTok videos and platforms like that are hyper sexualizing, especially young girls at a rate that we've never seen before. And it's mind blowing that that we're just accepting that. It's mind blowing that when we see Cardi B twerking on stage, we call that female empowerment and woman of the year. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> it's crazy to think that that's okay. It's crazy to call stuff that because really woman empowerment is that you don't need to be anybody else except for yourself. You don't have to dress a certain way. You don't have to be, um, you don't have to be a sexual superpower to be the best that you can be. Like you can outside of your human body, just the soul and who you are inside. That's who, that's who you are, right? It's, it's not how you dress like Rob, you know, we were talking about your goats and how they kind of look like homeless people. <laughs> like you could, you could walk in the room and open your door when I'm, when I knock on your door and you could be dressed in goat skin. And I would not think anything of it. I'm like, it's it's just Rob, right? <laughs> like maybe, I don't know, maybe he's doing something today that he needs to be dressed like a goat for. But that's not that's not who you are. Yeah. Inside is who you are. And so to, to say that like female empowerment has to do with um, how we dress and has to do with how we act, it's, it's just wrong and it's not true. Yeah. So let's talk about this, your moral compass. Where you live in Utah, anybody that knows Utah, they either ask me or they're blown away that we don't have horns. Mm -hmm. And when I tell them that we actually don't have multiple wives, they're blown away too. Crazy, yeah. So being, whether you're religious, non-religious, whatever, being in high school, junior high, peer support, peer pressure is so high. How do you navigate those roads to know, like, obviously it helps when you've been to hell, you mm -hmm. know that you don't want to go down that road, but yeah. to some of these kids, male and female, what would you say to them on, on setting good boundaries and understanding that they don't have to be the social media. They can find, you know, women empowerment or male, you know, respecting yourself. And yeah. we were never taught about boundaries. We were never taught to write down things we're cool with and not cool with in the, in the deal breakers. Mm hmm. I try and preach that as much as possible, but you're in it. Yeah. You see a lot of kids faking it in the hallways, acting fools, and then they're completely different at home or whatever. I call it wearing masks. We've had that conversation. Mm -hmm. How do you navigate that? Well, especially here in Utah, like, um, you're, I feel like the expectations are higher. Like, outside of Utah, um, where there's not so much of a religious culture, you're going to find uh, high schoolers who – We'll talk about porn more um, in Utah. It's not, it's not like that. Um, and so there's like, there's more of a white and black area in Utah where it's like, you're either a part of the church and you stick to those standards and you better stick to them tight. Or you're not a part of the church. You wear your struggles on your sleeve and you're out every weekend partying, doing drugs. So I feel like here in Utah, there's like two definite sides of the coin and you can't stray from those sides. Yeah, I hate that more than anything. I see that people are either in it or out of it, and the ones that are out of it spend more time hating on it than showing what works best for them and vice versa. Yeah. We got to have that common ground and, and the come together. Because if you think about I don't know if you've ever seen this video. It's it's called, like, uh, Why I Love Jesus But Hate Religion. Mm -hmm. 
And he talks about that as like, if Jesus were here, would you even let him in? Because he was the religious men called him a drunkard. Right. And he hung out with the hookers and all, you know, all these different people. So I think if we could just pull it together, everybody struggles. Mm-hmm. Like I've been doing this almost as long as you've been alive. Yeah. <laughs> and I see that there is no family that's not dealing with something. There's obviously levels to the game. Mm-hmm. But imagine if we came to church and fast and testimony meeting was like an AA meeting. Yeah. And we talked about our fails, not how perfect everything is. Mm-hmm. It'd be pretty rad. Yeah. It'd be like vulnerable. Vulnerability is the, is the most important thing that we need today. And we need people to stop pretending like they're the perfect, the perfect person. We need, we need the moms at home to stop comparing themselves to the wives next door. Um, we need the kids to stop, you know, comparing themselves to their peers at school. Um, and I think that's where the that's where the moral compass thing comes in. Like for for the youth listening, you just need to understand that um, the only the only benefit that you need is to become yourself. And the only benefit to you that you need is to explore what you need and what you want or more what you need and what you don't want. Yeah. You have to be able to sacrifice the things that you want for the things that you need, the things that will, will benefit you and that will benefit other people. And that's a big thing because people today are so selfish. They're so concerned about bettering themselves. What do I have? You know, how do I look instead of helping and serving others? What people don't know until they, until they do it is that you don't find out who you are. You don't feel that fulfillment until you help others. And so I think, um, like just telling the youth, focus on yourself. Don't worry about what, what kids are telling you to be, by the way, you won't find yourself on social media. Yeah. By the way, you won't find yourself comparing yourself to the kids at school. You need to be able to have life experience to fail a little bit. I wouldn't suggest failing as much as I did. I wouldn't suggest failing as much as Rob did. <laughs> We're educated fails. Yeah. So, you got to fail in order to learn, but trying, like if you leave your friend group and you don't feel better than when you went, it's probably not the right friend group mm-hmm. and being okay with that. That's what he says about exploring and trying new things and what feels good. And I'm not talking about getting high and what feels good in the moment, but right. what truly prolongs the well being of your soul. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of people mistaken vulnerability for weakness mm-hmm. when really it gives you, it's a superpower. Yeah, totally. You know, I don't, I'm not saying the ones that always have the problem, they're willing to say everything that they're struggling with, but never have a solution for it. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the people that face life as it comes, feel it, move on, find a solution. Yeah. And this is something that we talked about last time I was, I was here at your house was, um, we were talking about the stress thing where it like, the five minute rule where if in five years you won't think about it, then you shouldn't spend more than five minutes stressing over it in that moment. It's kind of like in five years, if you're not going to remember that happiness, it's not the right happiness for you yeah. because you realize as you grow up, like the time you can't remember the specific times you were high, right? Unless you, did, if, unless you did, unless you didn't remember stuff. what your, what your happiness brings you, then that's probably not a good thing. Exactly. That's so drugs and alcohol. Being able to find the things that actually, like you said, prolong that happiness, that's what you need to do. You need to be able to find your own, your own seat and then surround yourself with people who support you. Surround yourself with people 
who don't try and make you something that you're not, but who support you for who you are and who push you to be better. And that's important because you will find many people, misery loves company. You'll find people who want to accept you, but only because they want to share their misery with you. So find people who not only um, accept you, don't, don't surround yourself with people who are okay with you standing still because you need people around you. You need people in your life who are pushing you to do more, to be better, to learn new skill, to learn new skills. Definitely. I think a lot of people, they, they feel acceptance, but they see that some of those groups are accepting of anything because they don't want to be looked at. They don't want to have any rules of engagement. But if you don't stand for something, if you don't let people know exactly, like I don't, if, if I have my choice, I'm not going to go hang out at a party where people are drinking. Right. It, I just don't want to do it. I don't want to be seen that way. I've worked too hard. Not that they're bad or whatever. I just have better things to do mm-hmm. than, than do that. And people know that. So I don't get invited to the Halloween parties and to the things like that. And I'm, right. I'm, I'm okay with that, mm-hmm. you know, because that's my world. I think at a young age, you're so fearful of, uh, failure or looking dumb in front of people or whatever. But if you can learn at a young age to do that and find your tribe, man, you can save a lot of time. Yeah. And don't let, like, don't let people come in and save you. And I know that you talk a lot about this with, with your dad and you have to, you have to find that space where like you are the one who's paying for your consequences and paying for your actions and find that, find that accountability where like, if you do something wrong, it's you who fix, who fixes it. Cause that's where you learn. You don't learn from making a mistake and then mom and dad come over and fix it. Yeah. I was just reading up on something about our culture is too many people are robbing their children of the natural consequences and pain. Yeah. If you do not feel that things don't change. So if you had one thing to leave with the listeners about your journey, what you've experienced and what you thought possible and what is actually possible, what would you share with them? If you're willing to work hard, if you're willing to put your mind to something, um, to sacrifice the things that you want now, the, the instant gratification for the delayed gratification, there's nothing that you can't do. Uh, dream big. I remember setting like goals and telling my parents about like my dreams of uh, what I wanted to do with my company, my company and my nonprofit, like a year and a half ago. And every single one of those things has come true today because I've been willing to work for it because I've been willing to sacrifice for it because I've been willing to build good habits that help me achieve those things. So that's the biggest thing. The other thing for parents out there is to, you know, let your kids fall, let your kids fall on their face a little bit and show them how to get back up. Don't, don't grab them by the arm and pull them back up, show them how to get back up. Um, and so, yeah, that's that. Um, I'll just, plug real quick you can find me at live.life.bigger on instagram or that's my nonprofit foundation uh, my company is called protect strong p-r-o-t-e-c-h-t strong um and my website is www.livelifebigger.org awesome man glad we could link up and again you can find me on instagram at tattooed life coach the number eight tattooed life coach.com eastman fitness we got a whole bunch of stuff going on give a little little bleed out i'm uh this next week i'm headed out to go and spend a week locked in a cabin and writing my book so hopefully 2022 you will be 
having a book in hand. I'm really excited. Never in a million years did I think I would have author by my name and anybody listening to this would agree. (laughs) So anyways, man, it's always a pleasure. I love watching your growth. It's super awesome. Proud of you. And uh, you listeners, if you guys need anything, reach out, share this. You know everybody's struggling. Make sure you uh, do your part and pay it forward. Love you guys. Thanks for coming on.